The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road and Roll Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined as always by Denny Carter, where we're not legally allowed to tell you if it's Monday or Tuesday. We're also not legally allowed to tell you if it's 2022 or 2023. It's hard to say. We don't know. So it actually, it could be Saturday for all you know. It's one or the other. By the way, do you say 2023 or do you say no one says 2023, no. right? No, yeah. not at all. No, I, I used to wonder that in the early 2000s. Well, say, why did we do that? I've always wondered that. Why did we say 2008? I guess you can't just say 2008. No, no. I mean, up until 2010, it, it was yeah. appropriate to say 2007, 2008. But once it hit 2010, all bets were off. 2011. It's kind of weird. I feel like that's the adopted style, just saying 2023, because that's not, that's not how you say it. <laughs> But <laughs> oh, come on, though. I mean, well, that's not how you say the number. I mean, did, did you did you say 1998? Uh, you should. I think they did in the 19th century. I think they would say that. Oh, yeah. 198 for sure. Right. And, and instead, what we said was 1998. But anyways, we got far, far more important, important, important things we do to talk about than year naming conventions. Denny, that is, of course. The new Washington Commanders mascot, um, a bulbous pig known as as Major Tutty. And by the way, we our free speech has been suppressed by our ironic usage of the words Tutty and Tutter. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we were left a negative review, but uh, look what, now, now, now look at where, right. where I got you. The word's gone viral. The um, speech is free, and the Washington Commanders know that. And so we'll get to your opinion on this. I'll just share my quick opinion on Major Tutty. Um, where this is the first good thing to happen to the Washington football franchise in the entire Daniel Snyder era. And I, if you were, if I was thinking of a North American sports franchise likely to come up with an amazing mascot, I would put the commanders like, you know, 124 out of 124 or whatever it is. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm smitten. I'm taken with major Tutty. And I was wondering if you happen to agree. I agree to the extent that, the pig is cute. Okay. There's he's that, cute. But he's also, he's, he's hefty too, though. He's like a real deal pig. He's not just right. there to be cute. Right. Well, I, I think he's probably 18 months away from having ripped biceps and, and an yeah. eight pound, uh, like, like, like every superhero. But, but, uh, here's the thing about everything that that franchise does. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to speak while you're sipping from your coffee mug, but 
<laughs> everything that franchise does generates a lawsuit and this is no different <laughs> it's true i know so um, i've heard there is a dark side to there yes so the the washington football legends such as joe jacoby and john riggins and other 80s greats who in this area are just absolutely living legends uh, they've been selling cars probably nonstop since the 80s lots of cars lots of cars sold on the on these names so these these were known, and the, the Zoomers have no idea. So let me give you some background. These were known as the Hogs, okay? In the 80s and 90s, the, the, the Washington team, they loved to establish it as hard as humanly possible, okay? And they would just run through your face. And John Riggins was this big old dude, and he would just, he would just bulldoze guys. He wasn't fast. He wasn't quick, but he would run for 150 yards every single game because they gave him the ball 57 times. Um, and so this is where the Hogs come from, okay? So now... Uh, they're trying to. This team is trying to carefully toe the line between uh, between uh, honoring the past and not being sued. And I think that that's <laughs> I think that's that's nice of them. Uh, it's also just an imperfect encapsulation of the Daniel Snyder. Actually, it's not an imperfect. It's not a perfect encapsulation of the Daniel Snyder. Eric, he wouldn't usually do the first part. What did you say the first part? Like honoring the past. He wouldn't usually do that part. What do you um, mean? No, Pat, no, no, no. He is, he is uh, steeped in the nostalgia that he experienced with his father. That's the reason, but he does, but he always does it wrong. Like he has like a ceremony by like a porta potty oh, or, oh. you know, or they unveils <laughs> like a, uh, you know, like a statue that like clearly like someone designed on like yeah. AutoCAD like two nights before. Well, the, the Sean Taylor, uh, statue from a from from a month ago comes you know straight out of a a, a dark comedy you know yeah. uh, it, when they let they let Jackson Mahomes dance on I Sean know. Taylor's you know they've done they've uh, they've really mishandled a shocking amount of Sean Taylor tributes yes um, uh, the 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 use of Sean Taylor with that franchise is is uh, definitely in it, uh, up for debate and in question but but the the, the major title here's another thing i have wrong with it so overall i hate it okay? oh come on man it's no, such a wrong. cute pig it's a very like, cute i like too that we're I, leaning back I, into you know like the late 90s early 2000s everything had to be angry like like why is that cardinal bird like yeah have a submachine gun the, car- <laughs> the cardinal like, got so mad yeah they all got so mad and then beginning with gritty and the philadelphia flyers they've actually tried to usher in like kid-friendly mascots right again, the Wildcat's not trying to gouge your eyes out. You know, he's trying right. to give you like a lollipop or a playing card. I, I think it's a good trend. <laughs> even even the dolphin on the dolphin's helmet went from uh, you know, kind of jovial, uh, fun looking to you know, angry, just furious. Yeah. Just like like, just like he's about to like cut you off in his Mercedes, and when you get out of the car. Uh, I mean, this is way too dark for the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna—he's yeah, uh, gonna, he's gonna really escalate a road rage incident. Okay, but but and here's something that some, someone on Twitter pointed out to both of us today. You you named this mascot after a word that literally no one will say in the next six months. Tutty. Okay, no one is going to know. No one. First of all, no one knows what Tutty means except for you and me and other broken brains who watch football forty-seven hours a week. Okay, but you know beyond that. No, not even us, not even we are going to use that term in six months. And this mascot's still going to be named Major Tutty. Well, you think it should be named Major Tutter, maybe? Would that no, have no. <laughs> how about how about this? Here's one that could that could fit. I think that would be relevant in six months. Major Touchdown. I mean, that's not it has to have some cheeky appeal. I, I'm, I'm just actually stunned that the commanders executed something with cheeky appeal. Um, that's why I mean, Daniel Snyder he is on his way out the door. You got to give him credit. 
Uh, oh, excuse me. Of course, I am being informed. You do not have to hand it to you him. You've got to um, hand it to him. You, when we've said this more than once. You do not have to hand it to him. But my unpopular opinion is that I like Major Tutty. I think they should keep the name. If Jeff Bezos, you know, whoever buys this team next, you need to keep the pig. Um, you need to keep the pig. Yeah, don't let him get ripped. He needs to be like a lineman pig. I mean, um, I you know what I want here. Ultimately, I want the Major Tutty lawsuit to go straight to the Supreme Court. It will, and it's going to be six to three. We don't really know which way. But I want to hear Neil Gorsuch talk about Major yeah, Tutty. Going to be studying, you know, like exhibits, like blown up huge cardboard. Because I'm sure they've actually stole the concept of Major right. Tutty from somewhere. Right. Else. If you look at this picture of of Joe Jacoby in 1987, he resembles what some would call a pig. Yeah, and, in, and there's the there's just no way this wasn't stolen from like some Division two school or something, obviously too. Like there's oh, actually yeah. been a beloved Major Tutty since like 1983. Oh my god! Um, right. Oh my god! But, uh, well, Scotus, all we can say is make do the right thing. Yeah, they, they, they always do. We'll do the right thing and begin the football show, Denny. The Roto World football show. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're back, right? Right? They're absolutely all the way back. All of the woes. Are, are are now gone and uh we can resume winning super bowls for tom brady no i you know look the the panthers secondary is down bad and has been for some time they've held their own and kind of you know been very efficient on offense that formula is very shaky the bucks broke it and brady went crazy yesterday um, I think it's a li- little more to that where – so J.C. Horn was out, of course, which really – It's uh, a huge blow. So uh, an already down bad secondary from the Panthers missing their best cornerback. But this was a team that destroyed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this was a, a Bucks team that couldn't move the ball on like a not imposing Arizona Cardinals defense in week 15, 16. And I do – I think there was like a little bit of a turning point. I will kind of like buy into Narrative Street a little bit where in, early in the first quarter – uh, it happened again, folks. You will not believe this one weird trick that happened again. They threw a deep ball to Mike Evans, and he hellaciously dropped it. Like a 40 or 50-yard gain was just dropped down the left sideline. And, yes, Tom Brady did have a conniption fit. Yeah, I mean, yes, his face just turned uh, the color of the Martian surface. <laughs> but instead of getting down and compounding the problem, they went back to the well. They were talking about – on the Fox broadcast during the game, they had apparently talked during the week, like, no more of this conservative you-know-what. Like, they had actually committed, like, you know, we have Tom Brady, maybe just, like, let him, like, throw bombs a few times, see what happens. They did do that. They continued to go to Mike Evans, and the reward in the second quarter was a 63-yard touchdown where Mike Evans just ran right by Keith Taylor, you know, a superstar cornerback for the Carolina Panthers. But he hasn't been running by anybody. Who I've heard of before. Yeah, that- he, I know. Uh, but still, he hasn't been running by anybody. He runs right by Keith Taylor, scores a 63-yard touchdown. A quarter later, or four minutes later in game time, early in the third quarter, he was singled up with C.J. Henderson, uh, who just stopped running. Mike Evans did not stop running. Uh, weeks prior, Tom Brady just were like, check down to Kate Otten, who would have dropped it. He saw this. He went deep. Another touchdown. Touchdown number three, he just runs right by C.J. Henderson again. And they're taking advantage of a good matchup. But that was something they hadn't done all year. Like they had not even been taking advantage of good yeah. matchups. Tom Brady hadn't had a single 400 yard game, hadn't had a single four touchdown game, and that scored a single rushing touchdown all year until yesterday, which is kind of stunning. And I just think that maybe they kind of discovered a little something. But we also discovered 
they're not going to like build momentum in week 18 because they're already locked into that number four seed. Yeah. And there's essentially no reason for them to play right in the finale. That's right. Right. It's playing Gabber season uh, this week. Uh, I, I will say, you know, one thing that we on this show and on the Thursday show with, with uh, Kyle and, and, and Crane, we have been begging the Bucks to get back to their aggressive pass first ways of 2020 and 2021 they did that they they did, they do did that. that right and and i and i have some numbers to back it up uh they their pass rate over expected on first down against the panthers this past week was 10 percent uh it's four percent for the season so that that was a huge um improvement in establishing the pass which they can do very well because you know they have a lot of good pass catchers and they have the worst running back duo in the nfl so it, it, no, it's terrible. It's they're terrible. They're both Rashad, Rashad White and Uncle Lenny are are truly bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're super inefficient. They've been trying to you know do that thing where you gain three yards on first down and then and then go from there. It doesn't work. Hopefully, they've abandoned that formula. Hopefully for them, you know, like look, I mean, fantasy wise, it's cool, but hopefully for them, they've realized the error of their ways and said, hey, yeah, this is how we won a Super Bowl and this is how we got into the postseason last year. I think they did, and I think they also know. I mean, they're the four seed. They're going to be playing probably the Cowboys, maybe the Eagles. Uh, they're going to know that they can't. There's just no way. Those are match point games. Like right. you're not going to be able to grind out a victory. They actually did grind out a victory over the Cowboys in Week One, but Dak Prescott got hurt in that game. I do think they they're going to try to build on this game for better or worse. And, I mean, in our on our minds, obviously for better. Um, I do think they discovered something, and they, they at least discovered the way. If they're going to lose, they're going to lose this way because yeah. they lost a lot of ways. They lost so many games in a way that was very not Tom Brady. And everyone's just like, "Why were you doing that?" It seems like they finally realized, uh, "Yeah, we should not be doing that." Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's a good time to rediscover it. It's a good time to do that so that they can beat the Cowboys in the first round. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows this is a blood oath. This is a blood pact. This will be happening. The Dallas Cowboys, even though Tampa Raymond James Stadium will probably be like 65% Cowboys fans for that game in the wild card round, the Bucs will probably easily, easily be winning. By the way, the Bucs, talk about a team. So Tom Brady has traditionally – he was in this situation a lot in New England where like week 17, now week 18 didn't matter. And they're like, surely they're not going to play Tom Brady. And he'd always play until like the third or the fourth quarter. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen this weekend, though. Just the way the season's gone, how banged up the offensive line is. You know, how bad Chris Godwin's gotten banged up like several times. Julio Jones, Russell Gage have both been banged up several times. I think we're seeing, going to see a full on resting. And if Tom Brady's plays, it's like a series. Yeah, and why even that? I, I don't. I don't. Maybe think like had, maybe like contract. Uh, yeah, incentives. Yeah, incentive uh, season. But. Right, and I am just so folks know for my Tuesday column on the site, I am looking into incentives certain players might have. I have not found any for Brady, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got some sort of like really really dark incentive. Like, or if he starts, <laughs> the takes 13 percent ownership of the Bucks franchise or something <laughs> um, that was yeah. negotiated in there. Uh, one of Tom Brady's former teammates, Denny Carter, Jarrett Stidham, uh, became an instant star Damn. against the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers league best defense. Josh McDaniel said last week, Derek Carr is not good. It's Jarrett Stidham season. He's 26 years old. He's never started a game, but he's our quarterback. Yep. He comes out, he throws for 365 yards. That's more than Derek Carr had managed all season. Threw for three touchdowns, uh, a total Derek Carr had somehow hit 
only twice. He got the memo about if you throw the ball up to Devonta Adams down the field, he's probably going to go get it. Uh, yep. Seven catches, 153 yards, two touchdowns, a lot of deep connections. But so really good. Uh, I mean, for, so first off, let's just begin with like the, the the initial question. Is it Jarrett Stidham DFS season in week 18 against the Kansas well, City Chiefs? I mean, sort of. I, I would say yes, except for he's going to be super mega chalk, as the kids say. Because it's a small know. slate. It's going to be a two-game slate on yeah. Saturday, correct? I mean, that, that's, that's, he's going to be super, super chalk. Now, congratulations to those who Galaxy brained it hard enough so that they stacked Stidham with Adams in uh, yesterday, either in, in full slates or in the afternoon slate. I did not have the courage to do that. And man, have I been regretting it? Cause I really, I really gave it some thought, but yeah, Stidham was excellent uh, against again, a, a, a very good Niners pass defense. He had I mean, very good. Everything Niners defense. Like it really was like a genuinely shocking performance. It was third highest uh, completion rate over expected uh, uh, in EPA per play. He was seventh only behind like Dak Prescott, Purdy, uh, Goff, Herbert, and Jones. Like, you know, he, he's, he was really efficient as a passer. I know, I know he, he made that, you know, interception in the, in overtime and when he was hit and it kind of ballooned up in the air. I mean, you know, that, that sort of thing happens, but you were, you were saying it last week and I didn't completely dismiss it as a joke and maybe, maybe you did mean it as a joke, but uh, you, you mentioned that it's hard Josh, to say. Josh McDaniel uh, acquired Stidham, you know, like, he did yeah, like he traded. He, I mean, it was a seventh traded. round pick, but yeah, yeah he, but he I mean, clearly he, believes in the guy. He wanted him there. And, you know, I look back at Stidham's preseason stuff. I know, pre, I know preseason's preseason, but uh, you know, we don't have much to work with. He was good. I, I, I don't really. Wasn't he like one of the best quarterbacks in the preseason? Like yes. one of the top two most productive. I'm trying like, not to overstate it. Yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying not to overstate. I'm trying to get too excited, but he was, he was good. And I, I wonder truly if they had made this change six or eight weeks ago, if the Raiders would be going to the playoffs. I doubt it. I doubt he's better than uh, Derek Carr right now. Again, I've almost become like a Derek Carr defender. I've like quite literally in my entire life been known as like a Derek Carr hater <laughs> to the point where David Carr somehow blocked me on Twitter, even though oh, we, had, no. we had like never interacted. Um, so, I mean, I'm a, I've been a Derek Carr hater, but I haven't like been tweeting at David. Your brother sucks. Oh, God. Uh, idiot. Why don't you block me, huh? And then yeah, he, he, did. he did. But uh, no, I didn't do that kind of thing. I was enough of a Derek Carr hater to get a block from his brother. Uh, but Man, it just he this feels like such a fall guy to me for Josh McDaniels. But yeah, I mean, then against the best defense in the league, Jarrett Stidham has a better game than he had all year. Because yeah, the two interceptions were kind of misleading, especially the second. Uh, he was just getting hammered. And, and it was a really aggressive, you know, game plan. You know, forty-four attempts for Stidham, uh, which is which is wildly off their usual script, which is just to run it as much as possible. Josh Jacobs, they didn't do that here. So the other question. Josh McDaniels has a monstrous ego. Like this is a man who drafted Tim Tebow. Didn't get the chance to start him because he got fired uh, by the Broncos before he could do that. But there's no like save Jared Stidham lights up the Chiefs on Saturday. Yeah, there's no way that they convince themselves that Jared Stidham is the 2023 starter. Is there? Or do you do you think? Yeah, uh, uh, it, it it depends. I think that it, a really really good performance would at least get open the door for Stidham to compete for the starting job. We just seen the, how often that goes poorly. Yeah, uh, like I, at the end of the season, a guy comes in has two or three good starts, 
Yeah. Like the next thing you know, he's got a two-year extension for some reason. Right. And uh, yikes. I, right. It, I, I'm I'm not saying that he's you know locked up the job for for next year, and I don't know where the Raiders would be drafting uh, right now. But you know they don't. I don't think they would be in position to get an elite quarterback unless they sold the farm, which I don't even think they have a farm to sell. Yeah, they to. don't. They I, do. They even have a first-round pick. I don't think uh, they do. It's possible they don't. Uh, like, but maybe they only traded one first-round pick for Devonte Adams. I'll look at that. As we talk about our next yeah. topic, which yeah. the aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs playing on Saturday against the Raiders. Chiefs do need to win. They're still in contention for the number one seed. They're going to have no idea uh, what the Bills have done because the Bills are not playing until Sunday. Yeah. So the Chiefs have to be peddled to the metal. You point out that Patrick Mahomes is close to a personal benchmark or maybe a yeah. historic benchmark. And you think the Chiefs are going to be going all out against the Raiders. A very, very poor defense on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't be in a better spot to do what he, I'm sure he wants to do, which is to break Peyton Manning's record for uh, most passing yards in a season, 5,477 yards, just a tremendous number of yards, as you as you might say, not a normal amount of yards that uh, a quarterback <laughs> would throw for. But Tremend- yeah, Mah- that tremendous. Mah- Mahomes needs 429 yards against the Raiders. And the Raiders, as as you know, if you've been listening to us or have been watching football at all this year, I've never watched a game, but if you have, you've seen that Vegas is quite bad uh, against the pass. They get no pressure on the quarterback. They give, the, give up the third uh, highest positive pass rate to opposing quarterbacks. I think Mahomes, if, if they truly do chase this record, uh, it has 500 yards in its range of outcomes, and we need to adjust accordingly. Producer Adam points out, so the Chiefs could be in a position to clinch the number one seed on Saturday because if the Bills lose to the Bengals on Monday evening, which by the time you're listening to the show, you probably already know what happens there. All the Chiefs need to do is win on Saturday, but it doesn't change the fact the Chiefs need to win on Saturday. I mean, if I guess if the game like gets out of hand, we could get into resting mode, but right. we're going to get at least two and a half quarters of Patrick Mahomes and well, probably a I, full game. I would, I would guess it's a full game. I mean, unless it gets really out of hand, but which it could. I mean, they're starting Jarrett Stidham. Um, I mean, I, I have more confidence in that game not getting out of hand with Stidham under center than I would with Carr. Yeah, I mean, really, man, I, I can't believe I'm becoming a Derek Carr. Look, look, I, listen, okay, he he is bad. I, I, I can't Carr has never done. What Stidham did this past week? No, yeah, it is kind of insane. I, I mean, Stidham, like he makes throws that Carr does not make. He just, he just does. He has, he, he, he does. He has, a, he has a stronger arm, a more oh, willingness. Man. Come to, on, man, to throw it up for 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 Adams. I mean, he he had he was it was reckless abandon throwing it da- down to Adams, and Adams loved it. He loved it. I'm sure he has a new best friend now. So you Jared. think he's unfollowed Derek Carr on Instagram? I don't, I don't even think he's heard of Derek Carr. <laughs> By the way, the Chiefs almost 10-point favorites, the total of 53 right now. So the environment for 430 will be quite nice. By the way, of course, the record will not count since it's a 17-game season. Oh, gotta, God. What is gotta, he supposed to do? Uh, sit. <laughs> honor, honor the history books? I don't know. Uh, or or here's but he plays but they hand it off every play. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Just be a man of honor. Uh, get, yeah, just get a, who's their running back now? Get Isaiah Pacheco, the single game rushing record. 57 carries. It's be a man of honor. Uh, I wanted to mention, and I, this will be in my column that uh, I take no pleasure in saying that Kadarius Tony may, may be a thing this week. Okay. Look, his routes are, they're coming up. Okay. Look, we couldn't go down. We're in, we're into January. 
We have Kadarius Tony's route rate all the way up to 33%. That's as high as it, we can get it at the moment. Maybe it creeps up a little bit this week against the Raiders. But once again, and this is reason that you and I really liked him coming into the season, is he commands targets because he gets open. He's been targeted on 26% of his routes as a Kansas City Chief. And not that many routes, only 59 routes. But still, it, it it gels nicely with what we saw last year, which is an ability to command targets. So just remember. And two, uh, a lot of like the analytics guys have started talking about like commanding targets is obviously a skill. And like it's very predictive earlier in your career if you're like you're not commanding targets. So I've seen some of the dynasty bros, which I say lovingly, kind of like start to truth George Pickens. Yeah. Like, yeah, George Pickens, it's a horrible sign that he's not commanding targets as a rookie. No, like you should not assume he's just going to magically start commanding targets as a sophomore. And yet, I mean, Kadarius Tony, even like every one of his coaching staffs are like so baffled by him and like just already like always at their wits end. Like when he plays, they can't just, they can't not target him because he's always right. like wide open. It, yeah. If we can get two healthy hamstrings for 60 minutes on Sunday, I think, or Saturday, I think we were on to something. You may have shared the stats. Sorry if I missed it, but Adam Levitan shared on Twitter. Tony has commanded uh, 15 targets on 59 routes for the Chiefs. So yeah, 26% uh, route rate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 12 catches for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, it's keep NASA needs to keep his hamstrings healthy. We need a all of government approach to keeping <laughs> Kadarius Tony's hamstrings healthy. We do headed into the playoffs in the 2023 season. Speaking of the 2023 season, Denny. Tyler Algier, so he reached 100 yards rushing for the first time in his career two weeks yeah. ago. He reached 20 carries for the first time in his rookie season against the Cardinals on Sunday. A violent, angry runner who's been creating yards after contact in a really one-dimensional, predictable offense. I mean, teams know what the Falcons are going to do if they have the ball. They don't want to pass. They can't pass. He's still generating production. Knock on him coming out of BYU was slow like four, six speed, basically Um, not amazing pass catcher, but he has room to grow in the pass catching department. Do we think maybe just from what we've seen from Tyler Ogier down the stretch and how we know, even if they have a new quarterback, uh, we know how the Falcons are going to play. They're going to be run first. Arthur Smith came from a run first system in Tennessee, been extremely run first through two years in Atlanta. Is there any chance Tyler Ogier is going to be like a making the leap and a guy we're ranking in the top 12 this offseason yeah. headed into 2023 drafts. I, I could see that happening. And, and and not because, you know, he's like this uh, unbelievable athlete, like you mentioned, but because his role is so solidified in an offense that is run first no matter what. And, that, and that's what Arthur Smith has, you know, made no qualms about it. Like he's he gets mad when anyone even suggests that, hey, you know, you were down 24 in the fourth quarter. Did you, you know, did you consider passing? No. No, we, this, is, this is what we do. We run the ball. He loves Algier. You hear him talk about it. I'm just talking about the, the more anecdotal stuff, okay? His eyes his, light up. His, right, Al, Algier, right. There's, there's, it's a loving sort of thing for, for Algier. Algier is a former linebacker. He's a big dude. He barrels through guys. And then analytically, he's, he's excellent. You know, he, he pops in every peripheral category, including, uh, importantly, yards after contact per, per attempt. He's sixth in that category among all running backs, trailing uh, only Derrick Henry, Khalil Herbert, Tony Pollard, Brees Hall, and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, so, it, I mean, he's just – he's really good. This offensive line for the Falcons is low-key extremely good because Caleb Huntley popped in that category. Cordero Patterson has been very efficient. 
especially for a guy who's not really a running back. So I, I, I think I think Algier is very interesting going forward, at least for next year. He's, people will probably talk themselves, maybe correctly, out of him being an RB one, just maybe because of the the athletic limitations. Where even if like you're an angry tackle dragger, if it's like really like four six speed, I mean that is kind of a problem. But we're seeing similar success from you know, a, a leg hobble J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore from Gus Edwards, who's always been kind of like a Tyler Algier type runner. Like you can have success if you're in the right system, and it certainly seems like Tyler Algier. Maybe it'll be too big of a committee, but Tyler Algier. He's guaranteed he'll be top 24 in 2023, I think for sure. Yeah. That he'll be an RB2, and he'll be an interesting off-season debate case. And we'll, we'll be an interesting in-season debate case, uh, yeah. Denny. Oh, my God. Uh, d- just, roll, just roll the commercial. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Lions and Packers in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Denny, you may have heard me break some news there. It, of course, will not be news to people listening on Tuesday or Wednesday. They will have already read it on the site. But the, the Sunday night football game that has been flexed is indeed the Lions and the Packers. The Lions could have nothing to play for by then, but the Packers will be a win and end. I can't imagine the Lions will pass up a kneecap biting opportunity. Well, should be a really, really good game at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock. As usual. Uh, we get the best game, and the, the, I, I think that most of the country is going to be, you know, diehard Lions fans. Can I read you a quote from Aaron Rodgers after oh the Packers' victory? Do uh, I really want to know? Yesterday, you you do. The the, the listeners have to know. Okay, the, the, this is my responsibility to them. Uh, explaining the Packers' late season surge, Aaron Rodgers said on Sunday after beating the Vikings, "Quote: I do believe in the power of manifestation." And I do believe in momentum and I believe very strongly in the force of the mind. So he has, Pat, he has manifested this late season run for the Packers. And it, and it begs the question, why didn't you manifest a, a, a better first half of the season? That, you know, that is one. Why let the cat out of the bag? Now Dan Campbell knows, Oh wow. I can move furniture with my mind. Like I wouldn't, if, if it becomes a manifestation contest, I think Dan Campbell can out manifest anybody. Basically, right. listen, it, it, ha- it has it has nothing to do with the p- fact that the Packers defense is healthy 
and has and has become more aggressive against uh, opposing pass uh, pass offenses. It has nothing to do with the fact that their kick returner is regularly rip- ripping off 40, 50, 100-yard returns on, on kickoffs. None of that ha- is related to uh, the, their winning. It's all about Aaron Rodgers sitting down and, tr- and really thinking uh, as hard as possible about the Packers winning, and then it happens. This is the key to football. Well, I'm sorry your brain's not big enough to do that, Denny. Yeah. Um, I, but. I, you know, I, I tried to manifest some DFS winnings yesterday. Didn't work. <laughs> I tried to manifest your firing for two years. And uh, there's nothing a good legal team can't beat, though. Um, so that's true. I don't know how many millions you've paid these people, but it's worked. They've <laughs> blocked my mind. I just keep winning best ball contests for millions of dollars. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Good luck to Patrick Crane. Uh, yeah. Good luck to Patrick Crane. Speaking of blocking in mind, I want to block the Dolphins quarterback situation out of my mind because talk about a team at a must-win week 18 against the New York Jets. The Miami Dolphins will be down to a tag of Aloha, who's not returning from his concussion issues. And apparently Teddy Bridgewater, who has a broken finger on his throwing hand, that equals Skylar Thompson against the Jets defense that sprung some leaks against the Seahawks. But Skylar, Skylar Thompson has been kind of the one quarterback, like impervious to Mike McDaniel's powers this season. Uh, yeah. Seventh round rookie. This doesn't seem good enough. Is it going to be no go for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and DFS, or maybe like a situation where you can take advantage of some big play threats who are sure to be under rostered? Well, uh, definitely they will have low rostership. Let's 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 uh, be clear about that. Skylar Thompson. The, the issue with him is that he doesn't pull the trigger on the long pass, especially to uh, Tyree Hill. He he thought about it several times. I covered this game yesterday, the Patriots-Dolphins. He thought about it several times, and he just decided to check down to either Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson or Mike Kosicki uh, over and over and over. He had a, an average depth of target of under six uh, a, against the Patriots. So he's um, he's not really mobile. I mean, he looks somewhat mobile, but – Let's just be honest. He's not fast at all. Uh, he's he's Sam Sam Ellinger mobile. He wants to be fast. I'm going to ask you about Sam Ellinger in the a minute. By the truly way, truly is not fast. not on the agenda. But we need to talk about Sam Ellinger. So Bridgewater from Tua to Bridgewater is not a huge uh, is is not a huge downgrade for for Tyreek Hill and uh, Waddle. From Bridgewater to Skylar Thompson is a disaster, and I, I actually don't even know if they're if they're worth looking at. Uh, even even with the appeal of low rostership, Denny. So you mentioned Sam Ellinger. I hate. Uh, I somehow missed the news that he was starting, so I didn't put it on our agenda. So you might not have any notes on it. But Sam Ellinger, he's back, baby. Yes. Uh, the Colts. This can't. The Colts didn't even bother to like find a Josh Dobbs. Like they should have gone out of house and signed someone. I think they did not do that. It'll be Sam Ellinger starting in Week 18. He is facing the two twelve and one Houston Texans, or maybe two thirteen and one at this point. Houston Texans. He's supposedly a dual threat. He we know he's a wild man. And he, I mean, there's gonna be so many galaxy brain options in DFS this weekend <laughs> that we can probably avoid Sam Ellinger. Can we galaxy brain Sam Ellinger and uh and we're trying to win the Millie, Denny. <laughs> I uh, I think there are other places. Or is it Sam Ellinger in cash too? To I go. Mean, no, 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 no. We're we're not we're not messing with that. No, it's it's a uh, it's truly like this this game. I think that Congress needs to step in and stop stop this game from yeah. happening. They need to stop the whole Texans franchise. I've been on a tweet rampage. Bryce Young, if he is going to be the number one overall pick, straight up should refuse to go to the Houston Texans. Like, yes, this franchise. 
we've seen a lot of franchises in chaos. Like this is one, like if I was an agent, like I would not allow my player to be going. Cause like he's got like his reputation, like in his lifetime earnings at stake, you cannot be going to Houston Texans as a quarterback right now. Kind of like such a forward facing, like you're always a brand ambassador. Like if you're like, a, if you're like the next Aiden Hutchinson or whatever, you can like tough out your rookie contract there. If you're like a franchise quarterback, you cannot be going to this Houston Texans franchise right now. No, you're right. Uh, he should refuse to play. Everybody should refuse to play for the Texans. It's, it's such a dysfunctional, toxic team. And like Brandon Cook's, you know, has been trying not to play for the Texans. Yeah. Begging to get out of there for, for all, you know, a whole season or more. So uh, we, we, we understand like how, how bad that is. And, but Bryce Young definitely will be drafted by the Texans. He will. There are a lot of people saying that Trevor Lawrence should have done the same to the Jags and they were right because of how hellaciously bad his rookie year environment was. Yeah. But uh, maybe he, maybe Bryce Young, like whatever, I'll tough out a rookie year. Then they'll get a real GM, a real coach. But so yeah, no Sam Ellinger and D. Sorry, so we got sidetracked. No Sam Ellinger and DFS. Thing. I mean, I you know it's thin. The 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 uh, Opto Bros call it thin. But uh, I I'll, I will say, an Ellinger, Jelani Wood stack. Now that might be something, folks. That might. Yeah, I was be trying to get you to say something, and then I really regretted the second I got you to say something. Man, um, right? What did you want from me? Don't put that out in the world. That's a that, that, that's a very cheap stack. Oh my God! You can, you can jam in a whole bunch of stuff with with those two. I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to try to get you to say something about <laughs> <laughs> Sam Ellinger. Right? I mean, you refused to take no for an answer. I did. I did refuse to take no for an answer. I'm going to ask you about a similarly. Uh, the Titans announced Monday afternoon Josh Dobbs will be making another start against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the total is currently under 40. The Jags are almost touchdown favorites. This is the Saturday slate. Uh, so if you think Jared Stidham is too much chalk, Denny, mm-hmm. could we start Josh Dobbs? Right. right. So, Jaguars in, the, in the Saturday small slate. So the, you're now, now you're, you're thinking like a broken brain because, because uh, Stidham's going to have massive roster ship. Dobbs is going to have next to nothing and he's in a good spot. Like the, the Jags are really bad against the pass. Now it doesn't really matter with the Titans because Derrick Henry, unless this game goes completely sideways for Tennessee early on, Derrick Henry is going to see 35 touches here. Um, but uh, you know, I think Dobbs just has, has a little fleeting appeal. We're talking about a two game slate folks. So, you know, give us yeah. a little break. Is <laughs> Dobbs. I know. So, if you're so you'll be playing Saturday, are you gonna be making Stidham lineups or Dobbs lineups or neither? Uh, probably a little both. I, I, I will say, uh, he kept Traylon Burks relevant, and I, I think you know, Burks, uh, profiles as 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 our colleague Kyle Dvorak would say, god level <laughs> leverage on Derrick Henry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so if you are brave enough, and and I don't know if I am, I'm, I'm gonna have to really look at myself in the mirror before I make this decision. But if you're brave enough to fade Derrick Henry on that two game slate, you have to go with Traylon Burks because if they're forced into pass heavy script, Burks is in an amazing spot. The Jags secondary is garbage. Okay. Burks could have a big game. So if you think four game slate where the quarterbacks are Mahomes, Stidham, uh, Josh Dobbs and Trevor Lawrence is maybe Trevor Lawrence, like the obvious pick that is by far the second best quarterback, much cheaper than Mahomes though. Or will he? Will everyone be thinking this way? And will too many people be on a Trevor Lawrence? It's a good question, and I and I love excessive talk of a two game slate. I really do. I, I could do this all day. There'll be plenty of it. Um, so, 
it, it actually, you know, as much as it hurts, uh, you know, salary wise, you know, the, the Mahomes Kelsey stack is probably going to be less rostered than it should be. Yes. Because it's, it's Mahomes really Kelsey and you get Tony in there. Then you, you throw in, you throw in a little MVS, uh, you yeah, know, no, no, no. I'd rather not play DFS than do that. You, hey, you know what? Here's, here it is. Here it is. You have Kelsey, you have Mahomes. You have Justin Watson, and you're off, and you're off to the races, folks. I keep thinking I want you to talk about these things. <laughs> then, uh, oh my! Throw in Derek McKinnon, and you got all the touchdowns. Okay, there you go. What about, I'm surprised you didn't say Noah Gray. Uh, him or, too. Didn't Blake Bell score? Isn't Blake Bell back? Didn't he score? Is he still in the Chiefs or is he on the 49ers now? You find oh. a way to play three Kansas City tight ends. That's the key to the slate. Blake Bell. I know that he scored a, a tutter. Um, in week in week seventeen, and it appears it was for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is still on the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> scoring. He handed the ball to Major Tutty, who for some reason was at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, we, we um, don't know why. We do not. We do not know why. You want to talk about the Jets' backfield, Denny? Or on Sunday, uh, we were wondering would it be Zonovan Knight after his calamitous week sixteen? Would it maybe be Michael Carter? Uh, just you know, against a bad Seahawks defense, maybe someone. To catch some passes. Instead, it was option three. Yeah. Ty Johnson, who had had nine touches in his past four games, the Jets' past four December games, somehow started the game. He led in snaps, but it was a three man committee. He played like 45% of the snaps. Michael Carter played like 30% of the snaps. Zonovan Knight played only 22% of the snaps, but he had nine touches to Ty Johnson's 10. This seems like total, like Lord of the Flies mess. The Jets are eliminated, so we kind of have no idea. They could be kind of an inscrutable Week 18 team facing the Dolphins. Can you make anything of this now three-man Jets backfield heading into the finale? I mean, I would like to say Ty Johnson is is appealing here, but he split the you know he split the passing down work with Michael Carter. With yeah. Michael Carter, although Ty Johnson did see all of the the two-minute drill snaps uh, for the Jets against the Seahawks uh, per Pro Football Focus. Third downs, Michael Carter had the edge over Ty Johnson, and then uh, uh, Zonovan Knight did not see a single third down. So uh, Zonovan Knight, uh, you know, is I guess has been for a while now a very game script sensitive option. And you know, if the Jets are not ahead, then Zonovan Knight is not going to see the ball almost at all. Um, this week against the Dolphins, I'm I'm guessing that they're, they it's against Skylar Thompson, I should say, and the Dolphins. They could have a lot of positive script, so it might be Bam Night season again. Man, uh, how do so most people we neither most people have zero cool names. How does Zonovan Bam Knight have two cool first names? That's it's what I really want to know. It's excessive. Uh, it's excessive, but I mean, yeah. also like props to his parents, props to his friends who probably nicknamed him. There, there uh, are maybe so his many, uncle that nicknamed him. That's right. There are so many people uh, without one cool name, and he has two. And frankly, that's not fair. It's not. Do your kids nickname each other or other people by any uh, chance? I, I have I have a bunch of weird nicknames for for my kids. Uh, Me too. It's. I mean, I don't even know where they come from half the time. I, I ended up calling my son Oatmeal for a while. I have no, I have no idea. Why <laughs> well, we we have no. Currently, my four year old son, now going on three or four months, is ex- is exclusively referred to his two year old sister as Squirrel, and. <laughs> We have, no, we have no idea. He has refused to explain the origins of this. And I don't, because I don't think he actually knows. Squirrel. He just started calling her squirrel. He also calls his older sister deer, as in D E E R, not D E A R. So, so he, he watched one nature documentary. 
Yeah, he did. He did. But he's calling. This is not a joke. He's been calling me Dak instead of Dad. Dak. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe he saw a Sleep Number commercial. That's um, funny. But yeah, he's yeah. only calling his sister Squirrel right now, yeah. <laughs> and she just like answers to it matter of factly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I heard yeah. heard her grandmother call her Squirrel the other day. Um, so we could have a nickname for a while. Guess. My kids call me Daddy O. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I'm not, not, not tough enough for no. you to call me that. I was called Dadu for a little bit. I oh, actually me too. That, one. that one was a good one. Me too. That, that, I love that one. I kind of tried to force the issue with Dadu and the rest of the family was like, calm, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> enough, enough with the Dadu. Yeah, no, they, they actually were. My wife was like, oh, stop. <laughs> You're not stop yelling at them to call you Dadu. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Sitting them down and lecturing them and getting right. like, Really close to their faces. Like I'm I do dad. not want to be referred to as dad, yeah. as father, as daddy. I want to be dadu. I'm dadu. Um, speaking of dadus, Denny, uh, Justin Jefferson had been everyone's daddy until yeah. week 17 when he found, when he acquired a new daddy and Jair Alexander, who shut him down. This is, of course, inspiring endless debate on Twitter from Vikings fans claiming he was not actually shut down, that he was getting bracket coverage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, but Vikings fans were really adamant to you that it, Kirk, it was not Kirk Cousins' fault that he threw three picks and once again melted in the only game that mattered. Um, but yeah, anyway, just Justin Jefferson, he's still within reach of the first 2,000-yard season in NFL history. The Vikings don't have a ton to play for this weekend, but this, the Chicago Bears, a hellaciously bad defense. What do we think of Justin Jefferson's record odds? Well, yeah, Justin Jefferson has 223. Uh, well, oh, no, wait. he needs that many. Wait a sec. Uh, that's not right. You're trying to do math, Denny. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Well, let's see here, Denny. He has, oh, he has 1,771 yards. So he needs 229 yards to reach 1,000. Two, 220. Which is a lot. That's a hell of a lot of yards. Wait, to, to break the record. He needs, oh, he needs 229 to get to 2K. To break the record, which I believe is 1981. Yeah, he needs like 210, 211. There you go. Okay, thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, for some reason I, I had 223. All right. Yeah, so he, he he needs a huge game. But listen, this Bears defense, it can that can that he can give 200 against them. Sorry, like, the record's 1964, actually. So uh, he needs under 200 yards to break Calvin Johnson's record. We're, we're, we were thinking more. I want him to get to 2K, though. Uh, right. Anyways, he needs a lot of yards to do some cool stuff against the he Bears. He does. And, and and the Bears have the worst secondary in the entire NFL. I th- they will jam him targets. I I really I think I like I, I would be actually like frightened to make a DFS lineup without Justin Jefferson this week. Does it change the calculus at all if Justin Fields does not play for the Bears? Where Coach Matt Eberflus actually left the door open on Monday. We were getting ready to record the pod, actually. Excuse yeah. me. On, I don't know what day it was. Um, Matt Eberflus did not commit to Justin Fields starting week 18 against the Vikings, according to a website called Roto World. Took seven sacks against the Lions. Has been really banged up for weeks. Yeah, got beat if up. Justin Fields doesn't play against the Vikings, there's like no way the Vikings can like justify that kind of like shameless record chasing um, if, if, if Fields is not out there. I mean, the Lions did it with Megatron. Like, they did. They, they, now, I remember that that game was on a Saturday. I do remember that they did. They went for broke. 
Yes, um, every single ball went to him. The like, Lions, though, were, like, out of the playoff contention that year. Like, that was all they had to play for, whereas in theory, you know, the Vikings were supposed to be getting ready for the playoffs. Um, Listen, Mike, Mike Zimmer would never do – in fact, he would bench Justin Jefferson. He would, he would, he would deactivate him. Yeah, yeah. He, he would say, no, you're not getting that record, son. No. Uh, uh, but uh, Kevin O'Connell, I, th- I think he would, he would like to say, hey, in my first year as a head coach, I, I generated the best season of all time for a receiver. So there I just don't, he needs 193 yards to tie Megatron. He needs 229 to reach 2K. If he had gotten 70 yards against the Packers, it would be a I know. totally different ball game. But um, man, he got he, he got. I'm looking at you know box score 15 yards. Looks like man, 15 yeah. yards. Just and even all, 70 w- would have been even 50. 50 made his life so much easier also uh, i i do i do fear that jair alexander and the packers kind of laid the blueprint for how to stop justin jefferson and it's yeah part of the blueprints having jair alexander well part part of the blueprint is is making physical contact with him which uh, uh, shockingly it's a pattern that repeats throughout nfl history yeah we just mugged the guy (laughs) probably have a bad game yeah Um, right (laughs) i i think you know teams in the playoffs might consider not letting Justin Jefferson run free for 15 yards before they, you know, provide some coverage. And some well, in the playoffs too, the refs, they, they want to swallow the whistle. Like a lot of teams start to abide by, I think the Rams with Jalen Ramsey last year did this start to abide by, well, they're not going to call a penalty every play. So, right. Right. So let's, let's just do this. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's <laughs> yeah. be legends. Let's do this. And wow. Jalen Ramsey just knocked uh, Brandon Ayuk over at the line of scrimmage and they didn't call for the third straight play. And they didn't call a penalty. Do you remember there was a time where the NFL rules around like hitting guys when the quarterback leaves the pocket were a little different. And I'm trying to think it was like during the Seahawks heyday when Richard Sherman used to like actively hunt out guys to just take them out as soon as the, as soon as the quarterback stepped one foot out of the pocket, he would just find someone and just level him. Yeah. Like all crime was legal for a little bit. No. Man, back in our day, eight years ago, it was really something. Things were a lot different. Let me tell you what. Things were just so much different, as I say, as I'm trying to find our tab with the topics in it. Denny, uh, Cam Akers. Uh, <laughs> he's averaging. I want to hear a truly pointless stat because it's like stripped of any meaningful context. I whatsoever. love pointless stats. So, yes. Uh, Cam Akers is averaging 4.89 yards per carry on 90 carries since Matthew Stafford was injured compared to 3.12 yards per carry on 76 carries while Matthew Stafford was still in the lineup. A lot going on here where, of course, they've changed how the offense operates without Matthew Stafford. But, you know, like a line that appeared like irredeemably bad is like creating space for Cam Akers all of a sudden. Cam Akers is like ripping some big play. I mean, Cam Akers post post Achilles, you know, in the playoffs last year, the first half of this season – like the man couldn't even get, he didn't have a single run over 20 yards. Right. Um, like he didn't have a single run over 15 yards uh, until week 15. Uh, he had a 19 yard run. And then week 15, he had his first 20 plus yard run in week 16, had a 42 yard run against the chargers. Uh, he's getting a, like a little explosion back in his game. Yeah. Is Cam Akers somehow after trying to Brandon cooks his way off the, the Rams, is he somehow back in the mix to be the starter for the Rams again in 2023? You'd have to think so. I mean, I think the explosion is back. And, you know, the, that Achilles situation sometimes takes a long time, you know, like Deontay it, Foreman, it takes, it doesn't, it can't have, it just takes a long time, it, but it does. Foreman took two years. It took, yeah. two, it took him two full calendar years 
to get back to something resembling what he was before that injury. So for Cam Akers to tear his Achilles in June 2021 and then like a year later be back and every, and everybody okay, well, he's back. No, he he was he wasn't back. Maybe it wasn't even a good idea for him to be back, but so over over the past uh 3 weeks uh only Derrick Henry and J.K. Dobbins have more runs of over 10 yards than, wow. than, than Cam Akers. Um, according to PFF's grades, well, PFF has Cam Akers as the highest graded running back over the past month. Uh, you know, he's just straight up like has been excellent, like you know, his former his former self, you might say. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a really good chance he can carry this over, uh, so, you know, barring a setback with that. Experience. Real quick, you said you said you wanted to say something about the Lions' backfield. Is there anything? We well, really they're playing the Packers, a noted bad run defense. Yeah, look, uh, it all comes down to whether Justin Jackson is is uh, oh, available. Lord. It, it does. Uh, you know, I, it it doesn't make much sense, but Justin Jackson was out uh, for Week 17, or you know, yeah, Week 17 against the uh, Bears, and both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift went. Bananas. Now the Bears are the Bears, and they're just t- terrible, uh, terrible defense, terrible run defense, whatever. But if Justin Jackson is in there, he takes away some of the passing down work for Swift. He takes away some of the short yardage stuff for both the backs, but particularly Williams. So uh, if he if he's out again in Week 18 in their Sunday night game on NBC against the Packers, <laughs> and I think I think both both Swift and 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 Jamal Williams become. Well, I guess you're talking about showdown lineups, but you know a galaxy brainer will put two running backs from the same, same team in a showdown lineup. And that's maybe what you should do uh, this coming week. One of them will be Justin Jackson. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that is, that is the issue. Just, Justin Jackson in the captain spot. Any? Oh, oh, well, oh who said, who says no? I, I do. I, yeah, we both I do. I actually, uh, real quick. We're going to run through some quick headlines. Todd Bowles is claiming the Bucks starters are going to play. Like, what yeah, is wrong? I mean, wrong that's just, he's, you know, he's a football guy through and through. You know, no meaningless games. We we play this game for the love of the game, not for money. Um, and yeah, uh, they need to not play their starters in this game. Like they, they this team has banged the hell up. They're yeah, no, they're they're not they're not playing these guys. No way. Well, they, I'm afraid they might. And man, someone's gonna get hurt. Like it, they need to not play their starters. Uh, horrible, horrible. Uh, James Conner day to day with a shin injury. Please he's, shut him down. He's guaranteed over five million dollars next year. I kind of feel like they will shut him down. I mean, Corey Clement is apparently. I did not know Corey Clement's apparently the number two in the Cardinals. I mean, yeah, is, is that way way too sicko? No, oh, no, no. I, he's he's in my column, folks, Ooh. on NBCSportsEdge.com tomorrow. Find him. Find you, if you want to read about Corey Clement, you come to me, and I will tell you about him. Come to the, Mike White is going to play through his Mike White, who is hellaciously bad against oh, the Seahawks. He's he might be bad. He's going to play though, apparently. Um, so it looks like all the real news we needed to get you, to there. You know, you know what you, you talked about the uh, the Colts and rolling out these horrible quarterbacks. The Colts should have acquired Chris Treveller off the practice squad, off the Jets mm. practice squad a month That's ago, really- and just run the Tebow package forever, right? Every single game, have him running 15, 20 times a game. That would have been fun and cool, man. It is the shocking to end the show on this note. Like, uh, this there, there's there's no adaptability just ever like the Colts clearly just don't have the personnel to run a conventional passing offense. Like no. how is there not especially from a guy who has literally nothing to lose, a guy who was in the media six weeks ago 
Like, how do you not be like, okay, we got to just play offense a different way. I guess maybe they tried that with Sam Ellinger and got so spooked, but I just still cannot believe like the lack of inventiveness and like, and, and offense in college and NFL has just gotten kind of stale, but there's no one zig- zigging to like the zagging right now. And man, because like the Colts, like this is the definition of insanity, like doing the seven or eight games. <laughs> you need to try something totally different. And they just didn't do it. it uh, I, uh, by the way, I have to, I have to commend one more time, Jeff Saturday for committing to taking the points, committing to field goals over everything else uh, against the giants. In a, in a totally meaningless game on fourth and inches, they were about to snap the ball and go for it. And he ran onto the field to say, no timeout, get chase McLaughlin on here. We need the three points. And of course they were blown out by the giants, but I, you got, you have to credit him for his consistency. One thing Jeff Saturday will not stand for is scoring touchdowns. And he stuck with that. There is just a certain code to being a human being. <laughs> uh, that, and that includes ending this show. Uh, so it's going to be a crazy week. We don't know who's going to be playing. In week 18, it's going to be really up in the air. So many different teams, so many different motivations. Teams are out of it, might want to rest injured players. Teams that are advancing, who might not have much to play for, might be resting healthy players. Uh, So just keep it locked to NBC Sports Edge and Roto World. It's going to be a week where redraft is mostly over. Though Some of you are be playing redraft. We're still going to have rankings. We're still going to have a lot of articles on the site. Uh, So keep it locked. There's going to be a lot of news. And we'll be back. Danny and I will be back later this week to preview the entire slate with Patrick Crane and Kyle Dvorak. Uh, yeah, so for Denny Carter, for Major Tutty, I'm Patrick Darty. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.